Meatloaf, if you're still listening, we're going to continue using this song. So you're going to have to uh, either tacitly endorse it or it's going to be a legal brouhaha. And let me tell you, we have lawyer friends. Lawyer friends? Well, we think they're lawyers. They're law school graduates. We don't know what they do. We don't know what lawyers do in general. (laughs) They could go on The Bachelor. They could go on The Bachelor, that's true. So come at us, Meatloaf. Yeah, we're ready. And some days it don't come easy. And some days it don't come hard. Welcome back to Uneaten Food, a Bachelor podcast, week number two. We've got a lot to talk about this week. We do have a lot to talk about. How do you feel about Nick after this episode? I am amazed at the 180 that happened in my mind from week one where I was really excited for him and stoked to see him on the show to now where I kind of hate him. Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. I don't know if I like him very much, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think the producers made him do certain things. No, I I totally agree, but at the end of the day, he still did. He has has all the power in the show. Like You can tell the producers, screw you. They've invested in you. Do whatever you want on the show. Exactly. You're the freaking Bachelor. It's not like you're... It's been three years. You're not coming back. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Go for broke. You're a lame duck Bachelor. You... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like He's you a have, lame duck bachelor. You have nothing to lose. And I feel like Nick has made some really poor choices this week. But we got to talk about that group date. The group date with the bridesmaid dresses. In the Buicks. In the starters. Buicks. Yes. Buick is... You know, they are trying so hard. They're putting all their chips in. They're they're like when my dad wears his hat backwards. (laughs) Yeah. He's going for it. Oh my gosh. But you know what? Well, and the funny thing is they drive away in these three Buick convertibles after a morning of drinking only mimosas, I think. Yeah. I think that's all they drink. I don't think they drink water there. Yeah. I don't think they eat either. I think it's just straight alcohol. I'm excited and I feel relaxed and I'm ready. To party with the best of them, and I'm gonna go down to the river. <laughs> so they drive to this bridesmaid date, and there's this quote-unquote photographer there. What is that guy? I don't guy? believe that dude was a he photographer. He looked like a fruit basket. For one second. That was some <laughs> low-level production assistant. They're like, we need you to wear this onesie and talk like you're in freaking... Let me show you the future of fashion. Let me show you... Derelict! <laughs> anyway, so we have freaking Mugatu <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was terrible. Giving these women these horrible dresses. Um, Who do you think had the shortest end of the stick on that? Oh, um, I think the 80s bride looked terrible. Vanessa was the 80s bride. You can tell none of them had done makeup in the 80s or hair. No. It didn't didn't, even come close. They didn't do their own makeup. Um, I don't care who did it. It uh, didn't even come close. Yeah, no. So Vanessa, dude, she looked... Vance. Barb. I'm fine. 
this isn't you. I'm fine. I hate that we have to talk about Corinne because that's exactly what she wants us to do. But we have to talk about Corinne. Much in the same way we have to talk about Trump sometimes. I know. It, it's, it's a eight. necessary <laughs> evil in our lives. It is. There is no escaping it. This season, there will be no escaping her until she goes home, which please, oh my gosh, if anything is real in this world, I hope she does. This show needs a good villain. And Corinne is not she that isn't. villain. She isn't. She isn't. And I think that dives into a lot of you know what my frustrations with this episode are. It just seems so canned, so played. And I got the feeling, I remember sitting there watching it thinking, do the producers think I'm stupid? Yeah. Like, how how is Corinne getting this rose? Like, You know, we're living in a society. We're supposed to act in a civilized way. Does she care? So Corinne is the beach wedding, of course, because you're going to put her in a bikini. Uh, First, it must be said that her boobs are so fake. And I disagree. I'm not sure they're fake. She's from Miami. She lives in the capital of all of this. No, they're so fake. There's not a... I would bet my firstborn child on her boobs being fake. Well, you don't have a child. Well, all the more reason to bet one. (laughs) So I got nothing to lose. And how many of you are planning on using toxic Western medications to drug your baby for your own selfish comfort? Anyone? And then in walks Brittany, the travel nurse with short hair who has these like huge extensions, is freaking smoking as Eve. And you just see Corinne start drinking. Slightly orange. She was a little orange. But yeah, and Corinne just went straight for the bottle. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she could not even handle it. She's like, if I don't have this, what do I have? Yeah. And the answer is nothing. (laughs) How, how How do you feel that the photographer picked her and Nick to have the most chemistry? Yeah, right. I know. I know. Okay, and this brings us to the biggest issue problem with this date. It's the fact that Nick did what he did. I don't care that he's kissing all the women. People get all up in arms about that. That's what's going to happen. But the fact that he cupped Corinne's boobs in front of all the other women. I just don't think he has a backbone. I, I think yeah, he, he does. should. Again, this goes back after three seasons. He should. He always puts on that weird sheepish smirk uh-huh. and does whatever people tell him to. It's like later on when they had the cocktail party and Corinne kept stealing him from other women and he just said, okay, you know, whatever. I know. I don't know. And see, I would buy that for any other contestant, like the whole oh, this experience is so new and overwhelming and unlike anything I've ever done. Like, I would buy that if it wasn't Nick. But it is. Nick has done this. This has been his life for the past two years. And I, to I your point it. earlier, I would also buy I would also buy the fact that the producers, you know, they kind of push stuff on him and make him do stuff. But like you said earlier, he has all the leverage. Yeah. He's not coming back. He can do whatever he wants. For me, the best slash worst part of this entire date was when they all went back to that lounge for drinks 
and Corinne keeps stealing Nick, stealing Nick, interrupting, making out with him, whatever, and then proceeds to give this huge lecture to all the women about how it's gonna get weird, it's gonna get awkward, but you just have to bait yourself and just take your time with them. Like, that's just the name of the game. Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. She has no idea how her actions are being perceived by people around her. Just this I don't lack. think she cares. She doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have the emotional intelligence to care. Like, she... Oh. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to interrupt, but it's not okay to re-interrupt. Yes. Taylor comes back for the time that was stolen away from her. And it's like, it's not really a re-interruption if, like, you were the one who interrupted the person to begin with. Oh, no. my. and then she gets so mad. And what's funny about these villains like Corinne and Chad, remember? Uh -huh. They always find the person that they can poke and they poke them mm -hmm. and poke them. Chad poked Evan. You're actually right now vibing this dude. No girl on planet Earth ever chooses Evan for anything other than to come like sweep their front yard. And Corinne yep. is gonna poke Taylor totally. to the end totally. of this season. But I feel like Taylor came out of that date kind of with the upper hand. Like Taylor went back and got her time. And then when Corinne was like poking her there a little bit, she was like, no, like I'm okay. Didn't engage. And then after all of that, Corinne still gets the date rose. I have a conspiracy theory about that. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you sitting down? Okay, good. We've talked in the last episode about how this is the best group of women we've ever seen on the show. They're accomplished, they're talented, they're mature, they have real good conversations, they have real jobs. But then, this, this episode, what happens? In the beginning, who supposedly has the most chemistry with Nick? Corinne. Corinne. Do we think that? No, I mean, it's not chemistry to literally make a guy grab your boobs. Okay, great. You're, you're proving my point step by step here. Then the group date. Corinne gets the rose. Does Corinne deserve the rose? No. Why? Because she played cheap. This is the producers telling the other women they need to skank it up more. You think it's a signal? I think it's a signal. I think the women are being played. And the ancient astronaut theory suggests that this is a direct result of extraterrestrials tampering with our DNA. So we're half human and half extraterrestrial. We're hybrids. It's on par with the UFOs landing in Roswell. And Sasquatch. Sasquatch, uh -huh. yes. Okay. The producers are behind the Moon scenes. Moon landing. They're trying to give warning signals to the other girls that they better shape up or Corinne is just going to keep winning. I just hate how when Corinne got the rose, you saw the looks on all the other women's faces. And obviously there's utter dejection there, but you know they're also thinking in that moment, why am I here? Yes. And why is Nick here? If this is seriously happening right now, I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And I can't blame them. Their faces in the beginning were sad, but now their faces are like, 
Is that what he wants? Right. Well, when Corinne won the prize, whatever, from the fake photographer, they're like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, this is going to happen. But then when Nick actually gave her the rose, it reached another level. And when Nick kept giving her time. I know. And not stopping her. Like, oh. Which is crazy because this is the opposite of Nick from Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. Who told it like it was. And who like, told it like it was. Yeah. Who was respectful. Mm-hmm. Who tried to counsel people. Mm-hmm. Like... This is a different Nick. I don't know what is going on with him, Me but neither. he needs to shape Me up. Neither. Well, it's just like what Raven said. She, I love that she said this. She said, if Nick is just here looking for someone laden with her sexuality, maybe there's a reason he's been on this show four times. That was a sexy accent. <laughs> you should you do that should, more often. Maybe you should date Raven. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so true, though, and I love that she said that. And you could tell that she seemed a little uncomfortable saying it because she's so sweet. But I was like, amen, sister. You keep speaking because... I'd like to hear some funky Dixieland pretty mama come and take me by the hand. By the hand, take me by the hand, pretty mama come and dance with your daddy all night long. I'd like to hear some funky Dixieland. Back at the mansion, Danielle M gets the date card for the one-on-one date, which is huge for the first week. Everyone's always so excited to get that. Yeah, who would have thought it turned out to be the most boring date we've ever seen? It was the most boring date. Oh, man. They had nothing to talk about. They had they didn't talk about anything. Everything that they did was so cliche. It was like, oh, wow, a helicopter ride. Oh, wow, a yacht. Like, obviously that stuff is very cool, but you've seen it on The Bachelor a thousand times. They didn't even, when they were finally on the Ferris wheel, they didn't even have, like, fireworks or a cheesy washed-up, you know, singer-songwriter <laughs> serenading them like normal. Yeah. Oh, my word. And then did you notice during during their fake dinner, Nick started talking about why he was here, and he just, like, kept talking? I feel like the producers were in the back going, say anything. I know. Well, it was just, they had no conversation. It was seriously one of the most boring dates I've ever seen on the show. They would just say, like, when they were in the hot tub, they would just be like, we're in a hot tub on a yacht. Can you believe this? No. I can't believe it. Yeah, me either. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, Anything. come on. Like, there's so much in this world. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? What am I working toward? The only redeeming part of that date where they got somewhat into depth was when she brought up her deceased fiance. Which makes me feel terrible to say. I know. This is always hard to talk about. It is. Part of me wants to make fun of anything Sanderson Poe related. But another part of me knows that Sanderson Poe was real. Yes. And could come back to haunt me. So we have to loop this back because maybe not everybody remembers Sanderson Poe. Sorry. But on Farmer Chris's season, there is a contestant named Kelsey who had a two-on-one date with the infamous Ashley I. The best. The best. And Kelsey's big shtick her whole time on the show was her amazing husband that she was married to who died tragically. She never said how he died and his name was Sanderson Poe and her whole story sounded made up. Isn't my story amazing? It's tragic, but it's amazing. I love my story. Like, yeah, he was like 10 years older than her. They he traveled was a the poet. world together. It, it sounded like 
invented. You're right. I know. Yeah. And so Brock and I, when we heard that there is another woman, this Danielle M, the, uh, who, by the way, she's the neonatal nurse. If you can't remember, she's got the short blonde hair. But when we heard Danielle M also had a deceased fiance, it was like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like we see the storyline so much. This is always an interesting thing because when do you bring it up? Right. Uh-huh. When do you bring it up in The Bachelor? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to win, you bring it up later on in the show. Because it guarantees... No, it, I, I think I, you bring no, it up... No. I disagree. I think it guarantees you at least one more rose ceremony. That's true. She knows that she's going to get a rose this time, so she has to keep that in her back pocket later. And I hate this. This makes me a terrible person. But if you're if you're on the line and you need a pity rose... That's when you. That's when you bring that up. She's that's already when you, getting. Yeah, that's the rose how you show date. more vulnerability. Is when you bring that up. Yeah. So as you talk yeah. about your past like that, your vulnerability in order to win has to consistently escalate. Uh-huh. You can't accelerate it too fast. No, she kind of. Yeah, she went all horses out the gate on this one. So maybe not the best move. <laughs> Strategically terrible play, Danielle. But we understand. This is the unfolding of somebody who's been through something so tragic and you get to watch her pick up the pieces and grow into another person and into another relationship. After she's told Nick this really traumatic thing that happened to her, Nick goes, don't worry, I don't think any less of you for that. great guy that you don't think less of a person whose fiance died yeah she didn't kill him no like what do you want you want an award you want a medal i just thought it was such a funny thing to say like don't worry i don't think less of you like uh thanks And then lastly, we have the group date to the Museum of Broken Relationships, which is so fitting for Liz's first and only date. Yeah, this date was more of an avoid Liz at all costs date. (laughs) I totally would. She's like crying. She's like, Nick's avoiding me. It's like, yeah, I don't know what she expected. Like, does she want to have a heart to heart right there in the middle of the museum with all the other women around? Like, no, like Nick is going to wait until later at the cocktail party that you guys are all going to have to talk about your personal issues. Like, yeah, he's not going to pull you aside yeah. because that's what you want. You want to be pulled aside on a group date to get more time with Nick and he gets less time with the other girls. Yeah, no, on a group date, if, if I'm Liz in that situation, like my goal on that group date is to just act like nothing is even wrong or weird and to just be fun and to make, basically make Nick attracted to me and not like weird and mopey and like but off in can't. the corner crying. She can't because she has nothing besides this story. This is all she has. Hey, Brock, did you know that she met him at Jaden Tanner's wedding? Oh my gosh. The producers think, we're all going to think this is a big deal. Like, this is some deal breaker. On a show where they go to a fantasy suite. (laughs) Three women are going to sleep with Nick. Yeah. Liz... A drunken night after a a wedding isn't that big of a deal. She thinks she's a big deal. Stop! No, no! She does not get a party favor! She does not get a dog! But getting away from Liz, the one thing that really pissed me off about this date was when we saw Nick get slapped. Remember last week when I was talking about the girl who did it, Um, In case you forgot her name. That was more like a punch. It was. It was a hard slap. It was Josephine who slapped him. And I was like, because that, 
they showed that in the previews and I and I thought to myself, oh man, that girl's gonna get on Bachelor in Paradise. Like, wow, I wonder what goes down. And then it is just, it's such a cheap shot by the producers. I hate it when they pull a fast one like this. It's like, yeah, like I expect there to be twists and turns, but this was just, no, don't you do that. I have, oh. This made me smile actually. What? Cause I got legitimately bamboozled. Like I got surprised. And as soon as yeah. I saw it, I was like, wow, no. I got beat. No, I don't like being played like that. I don't like being played like that, ABC. My favorite part of this whole date actually didn't happen at the Museum of Broken Relationships. It happened later that night when Kristen was talking with Nick. She got her first, you know, kind of alone time with him. And earlier in the day, Liz had told her everything that happened. And Kristen says... You can tell me everything. I won't tell a soul. No one will know that I know. And the very first thing she does is blab it to Nick less than 12 hours later. <laughs> I just... The speed at which she betrayed was... Incredible. 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 I was actually kind of impressed by how fast and heartless she was <laughs> in completely really? betraying really? her friend. No. You know what they say? Never trust a woman with a bumpet. That hair is out of control. It, she has the, I don't Imagine know, how big she, her comb is. It, she must have a huge comb. She, I don't think she has a comb at all by the looks of it. She's <laughs> like, it doesn't look like she washes styles. I remember, that's the one thing, it's so sad, but that's the one thing I remember the most about her was on the very first night last week, her hair looked so bad. I was like, what? You're on national greasy. TV? You're on national TV. Run a comb I was comb like, through if it. this is the best you can do your hair, girl, you got got issues dry shampoo i don't know do something i was like you just showed up on date one limo exits with like fourth day hair that's disgusting anyway Kristen, though you know what i love a good blabber though i love a person who can't keep secrets it's kind of endearing you just gotta know not to tell secrets to him it ain't that hard it's endearing I, if you don't tell him secrets yeah no i blame this on liz like liz wanted to tell someone her secret that's the thing and she just chose the person not to do it to i mean anyway i agree Still owe me a secret. <laughs> All right, listen, there, there is something I haven't told you, right? Yeah? Yeah, but uh, you can't tell Jerry. What do you think, I tell Jerry everything? It's not like he's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the thing is, I, I, I've been living a lie. Well, I, <laughs> I, I never actually had cancer. <laughs> I'll see you. <it. laughs> How'd it go with Gary? Fine. Really? Yeah. You look like something's on your mind. Well, nothing. Fine. Barry Fogel never had cancer! So Nick sends Liz home, and then he goes and tells the women, and it's a to-be-continued at the end? It's too early in the season for that. And there's not really anything to continue. Like, I can tell you what's going to happen. They're just going to be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then gossip about it together and move on. Boom. Next episode. <laughs> yeah, this this was a terrible It's not that terrible big of a deal. Ending by like, ABC. they're trying to make Nick sleeping with Liz a way huger deal than it actually is or was. But the best part about this whole dumpster fire of an episode was Alexis and her boobiversary with the two little cupcakes. I thought I thought it was great. 
Were the cupcakes cream filled? That's I don't what know. I want to know. Apparently, they were disgusting. She they was look like, terrible. And she says, quote, like, my boobs taste better than this. <laughs> like, that's how, oh, see, like, that's kind of like. That's how you handle boobs. You don't stick Nick's hands on yeah. them. That's how you handle that's boobs. That's kind of like, that's kind of like maybe a hoish thing to say, but she just says it so lovably. Like, and it's a one year anniversary. If Corinne's boobs are fake, mm-hmm. then obviously Alexis has way more confidence in herself. Because she just admits they're yeah, fake. Yeah, totally. Like, totally. I have, I, love it. I have nothing against fake boobs. I'll probably do it someday too after I'm like old and all my kids have like sucked me dry. Like that's just a thing that women do and I got no problem with that. But just the fact that Alexis owns that is awesome and I love her for it. Unfortunately, I don't think that she's really going to last that much longer. Maybe she won't Hopefully last. Hopefully another couple Nick, episodes. I don't think we Nick her. deserves her. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve. She can do better. He he deserves Corinne at this point. Nick held my boobs today. Like he held my boobs. Okay? No one has ever held my boobs like that. I said that you was a Thank you for listening to Uneaten Food, episode two. It was a little bit of a disappointing episode. Disappointed in Nick, disappointed in the producers, but we have hope. We have High hope. hope. High hope. It's like Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher always told us to hope. Barack Obama always told us to hope. So you know what? We're going to apply that to the most relevant thing in our lives, the most important thing in our lives. The ABC Bachelor franchise. Reach up in the sky for the hoes don't lay up. Come on, player, what's the hoe always? And hoes never close, they open like hallways. So here's a hoe cake for your whole hoe crew. And everybody wants some, cause hoes gotta eat too. Talk to you.